Hey, Northwest Fungo Banter fans, Eric Sorensen here in Big Country Studios in Ellensburg, Washington, ready to bring you another episode of your Pacific Northwest Fungo Banter podcast. Excited to bring on Kelly and Jason here in a minute for another episode this week, and super excited to have our guest this episode on, Mike Ganji, the Northwest Area Scout for the Chicago White Sox. And guys, this is such a cool insight in how baseball and a, a pro scout's world, you know, something that we don't always get to talk about every single day. And Super excited and, and happy that he was able to take some time out of his day to join us and just break things down, man. Uh, the, I know the MLB draft's coming up soon and a lot to be lot to be talked about. So please check us out on Facebook at Pacific Northwest Fungo Banter on Twitter at Fungo Banter PNW. Please get on iTunes. Please get on Spotify. Rate, review, share. Let someone know that hasn't heard about us yet, because there's hopefully there's something that we can you know help somebody improve one percent each day in their coaching just by listening to the podcast. And do not forget about our sponsor, Safeguard, out of Pasco, Washington. For all your team apparel, give them a holler. The guys this weekend, I'm putting the the swag post out. You'll see how good of a job they did. Give them a call at 509-547-1714. Dave Cruzen, he'll hook it up. Did a great job with our stuff. So we really appreciate Safeguard and what they did for the Fungo Banter podcast. So without further ado, let's bring on the scout. Hey, Banter fans, back with another guest of your Fungo Banter podcast, Mike Ganji. Northwest Area Scout for the Chicago White Sox. Mike, thanks for joining us today. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. appreciate you. Yeah, we, we truly appreciate you taking the time out of your day. And right away, what's your favorite fungo? Uh, the little PS100 SSK. It uh, kind of matches my frame, and it's it's a good kind of stick for me to whistle around. I, I was also given a Viper um, when I managed up in Bellingham. It was engraved. And I get to dust that thing off at, at times. It's still going strong. Uh, nice. Got a little local roots there. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so talk us through your playing career, you know, your decision to go to Everett Community College and then eventually getting to ending up at Western Oregon. Yeah. Um, well, I think both of those places kind of um, pick you in, in, in a regard. Um, but yeah, the, the Everett um, community college aspect was um, a really it was a stop that I'm extremely thankful for because I had tremendous growth at that level um, get an opportunity to, to, to play for coach Lacey um, and, the, and the program that he built and it was actually a program that I kind of grew up around uh, my, my summer baseball coach at the time was an assistant for Levi and um, so I, I would always go to their games uh, just kind of growing up and then um, I actually decided to go to Skagit Community College uh, for a fall and found out real quickly that um, it, it probably, I was probably going to be a backup there. And that wasn't something that, uh, you know, was going to be best for me to be a backup at a junior college. And then, um, you know, I, I had to get stronger. I had to get better. So I ended up transferring back to Everett and, and I had a, uh, a redshirt year that year. And that was a tremendous year of growth. Anyone that, um, you know, I don't want to say has the opportunity to redshirt, but is maybe um, suggested to redshirt, 
I tell you what, you learn a lot about yourself. You learn about a lot about uh, maybe the growing pains as a freshman, and, and it's and it's a really nice option for some um, that 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 view it the right way. And and um, for those that don't, it can probably end your career. But for those that do, I think they come out um, pretty strong from it. So yeah. Anyways, got the opportunity to play for Coach Lacey there. Uh, he had a, a phenomenal coaching staff you know, under him, Greg Getz is now at Seattle U, Jeff James is now at San Bernardino. Um, Kevin Owens was a, a former Everett player. And um, it, it was a really, it was awesome. It was, those guys taught me so much, not just about baseball, but about, you know, life and friendships. And um, I, I consider all those guys really good friends to this day. Um, so yeah. And, and then uh, moving on to Western Oregon and got the opportunity to play for uh, the general, um, Jeremiah Robbins for the first year in 2012. Um, you learn pretty quickly about discipline and work ethic, and uh, you, you kind of funnel in as a soldier and, uh, you know, learn what, um, what you can do off the field and on the field to compete and uh, improve as a person. Uh, I mean, there's no question why uh, he's gone on to the places he's gone and, and built programs and continued success at LC State. And, um, I, I'm really, I'm really happy for him and his family now that they're at the junior college level now. I think that's a uh, such a great level for, um, for 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 him to get in terms of getting you know freshmen to grow them, and then move them on to you know four year institutions. Hopefully, um, those four year institutions that will get players from from Coach Robbins um, will, will be really happy with those types of players. They're uh, they're going to be well equipped with kind of what fits in right away at a, at a four-year school. So um, though anyone that gets the opportunity to play for that guy is, uh, is really lucky. Um, and then I had my senior year, I played for Kellen Walker, who is the current coach there, um, developed a really good relationship with him. And, um, you know, he, he was kind of the one that was recruiting me to Western at the time. And, um, you know, it's always cool to get the opportunity to play for that guy that's always recruiting you, um, you know, as this in the skipper role, I, I think that's, that's something that uh, I, I'm grateful for now that I get to look back at it. And uh, we've developed a nice, fr nice friendship off the uh, field as well. So, Coach, tell us a little bit about what was your motivation to get you into coaching after your, your success there on the field as a player? Yeah, uh, I, I had always looked up to the, the coaches that I played for. I think I, in some way or another, I had always um, – you know, wanted to be like them. There was some attraction towards it. And uh, I think as a player, uh, not not necessarily having value in the three hole, but being maybe more valuable as a field general and someone somewhat of a leader on a team, um, I, I, I like those characteristics. And that was something that I, you know, got attached to. And um, yeah, I, I mean, I remember my senior year at Western Oregon, I was maybe battling some, some injury stuff and was, was a role player at best. And I remember, uh, I think I had more value on that team as maybe like a bullpen pitching coach than I did as a starting second baseman. It was, it was something that a role that I fell into. And, um, again, I don't get into coaching unless the people that I had the opportunity to play for, Mm -hmm. um you know instilled that in me and 
you know, it, I, I have so much gratitude for those, you know, that have influenced my life on the, on the field. And to this day, I, you know, I continue to reach out to those guys as, as, as mentors. And um, hopefully one day I can provide the same type of uh, deal for players that I've had. That, that's so valid in the, in the statement that, that, you know, you become <clears throat> student of the game, you know, and I think there's value in that, that is players, you know, if you can watch the details, it correlates a lot to your success as you develop into that next role as a coach. And, and you're probably, you know, I was just kind of a lot of the same way, you know, you're looking at the small things and, and you listen to the dialogue of the, of your manager, your coach, and, it just you're always asking questions and I think I I think about it as a coach a high school coach you know there's a lot of things that I learned in my days of playing at Corbin you know and just watching and studying and, and paying attention that has been a lot of success to my you know my um, part of my game as a coach so yeah yeah, uh, yeah absolutely I, I I completely share that and um yeah and, and a lot of it was I guess finding my role, how was I going to help the team the most? Well, it wasn't on the offensive end and <laughs> the ball was hit at me, I could pick it up, but it was hitting my left and my right. I was <laughs> somewhat limited. And so anyways, I, yeah, I, I think just that um, instilling some sort of leadership model as a player uh, transpired into uh, the coaching fire. So again, you get all these opportunities with, um, with coaching all kind of, in a hurry, you know, you get a chance to work at UW, uh, an opportunity to be recruiting coordinator and, and have a lot more responsibility at Pacific. Um, had an opportunity to, to coach Bellingham Bells for a summer and win a title, um, a lot in a short span. And, and then, you know, ultimately made the decision to, to enter full time into the scouting world. But talk about those experiences as a, as a coach and, and how has that given you kind of good perspective now in your last couple of years working from the scouting side? Yeah, sure. Well, I think all of them are definitely different, um, but they all serve a, you know, a huge piece of the, my development, uh, transitioning into uh, a coach, you know, starting off at, at Washington, you know, you, you learn how to listen really when I, when I was there, I mean, you, you get into a, a, a meeting setting with Jason Kelly and Donovan Ferguson, Tanner Swanson and Coach Meggs and, you know, even the support staff there that was also there at that time, and Billy Boyer, DJ Lidyard, Joe Meggs, right? It's, there's a lot of baseball minds around that table. And, you know, you, you learn pretty quick that my word is, um, is going to be probably heard last, you know, and, and it was something that just to pick up on how those guys day in and day out went about their business was something that I got to learn and learn kind of the etiquette of coaching, right? And I and those guys are all men of principle and, and men that, you know, um, are, are just as good on the field as they are off the field. Um, so I, I got to learn from that experience and then take that experience uh, from what I learned from them, try to mold it into somewhat my own identity and go spit it out at a winning product in Bellingham who is basically a plug and play. Uh, and I mean that by they have an excellent front office up there. They have Jim Clem, who is, we all know is the head coach. Okay. But Jim just being um, the mentor that he is and no ego, 
uh, he, he lets young, you know, guys that want to get into coaching, get the head coaching job. Right. So he, uh, he was, he was definitely kind of my mentor up there. Um, and, and, and just how that thing progressed was I got to take on what I learned from, you know, at the university of Washington and, and really go spit it out in that product in Bellingham. Um, and that was a, that's a really fun experience. Those are, those are memories that um, I wish I could go back and I wish I was maybe a little bit more um, what I know now, I wish I could have applied then, uh, but it was an awesome learning curve for me. And those are relationships that uh, are, are really true to my heart. Uh, and then Pacific that, I mean, you know, get on your grown up pants and go recruit, right. And, and go work for a guy like Ryan Billings, who, you know, has had some really successful assistants that have worked under him. Um, in an environment that I hadn't never kind of ventured in, that's the division three world. And that, and that's, that is a different environment than, um, I was raised in and in a different environment that, um, you know, uh, that just kind of hit me, you know, kind of head on. And, that, and that's the academic side. That's the private school. Um, that's some of the hours restrictions. Um, but at the end of the day, it's still a bat and a ball and 90 foot bases. And, um, it, it, it was good for me to learn, you know, some of that head on, um, as a recruiting coordinator and kind of find your niche of who belongs in Forest Grove, Oregon, and what makes that guy different than someone that should go to Newburgh or, you know, to George Fox or, or Linfield. So I was really hoping to navigate my way through that. I think I was getting there. Uh, Coach Billings was, was, was wonderful. He gave me a lot of, you know, um, leash to kind of go out there and figure it out. And I was starting to get a little bit more comfortable with it uh, towards the end of my time there. Um, and then this, and then the opportunity that I'm currently in uh, provided itself. Yeah, we talked a lot about with a lot of people we've had on about <clears throat> just that that process of being thrown into the fire. Um, and uh, obviously at UW, you talked about being in a position where you got to be in more of a support role and sit back and see it, and which is it's a great, valuable experience to see how people operate. But really, until you have to start making some of those decisions like you did at Bellingham and, and maybe more so at, at Pacific where a lot of things are on the line. I mean, that's where a lot of the growth happens for us as, as individuals in this sport. And, and I'm, I'm sure you experience it in the scouting world where it's like, I'm no longer working for someone. I'm the one working, you know, and, and you make mistakes, right? There's the ups and downs and highs and lows, but talk about that process of just having to go out and do it, right? You've learned everything, but now you're the one in charge, kind of responsible, whether that's recruiting, um, going and finding players, setting up your own schedule, um, player development, your own kind of drills and stuff. Like no one's providing it for you now. You got to kind of put that thing together. Yeah, I mean, and the scouting world is 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 something you don't, you don't know scouting until you've scouted, okay? And, and it's different than recruiting, um, it, it's, it's, it's its own beast guys. And, and that's why it, it still lives to this day. And that's why organizations, some more than others, maybe value it. Right. And, and I think, um, that's something that I got kind of, I was fortunate to, you know, dip my toes into a little bit after college and, and a good friend of mine now is a scout out in, uh, South or in the Florida region with Baltimore Orioles. And he gave me an opportunity to be kind of his part-time guy out of college, Right. And um, I think that that opportunity that he gave me there, um, it, it was 
it was something that got me introduced to scouting and how different it actually is. Okay. Um, but I guess back to your point, Kelly, uh, I don't get that. I don't get where I'm at today in scouting. Maybe if I don't get that little head start. Okay. And I, I think that was something that um, I would really encourage anybody that, that does get a little itch to scout um, to try to go work part-time for somebody, right? Those jobs are fewer and fewer, but um, it, it does provide a huge head start into getting into the profession. Um, so back to your question being, how have my coaching experiences kind of transitioned into scouting? Just about being in a spot where you have to have responsibility. You know, I, I think we all work as, as young staffs, whether a volunteer at a lower level, maybe the fifth, sixth guy at a junior college, you know, everyone gets their start kind of at some spot, maybe an assistant at a high school level. Um, but just kind of that being put on the spot, like I have to go do this now and no one else is going to do the work for me, that type of angle. And, and just how that helped your growth, just kind of as an individual within baseball. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it got me in the fight, right. I had to get in the fight pretty quick into, into scouting. I mean, I, I'm going up against teams and I'm going against other area scouts that have literally done what I'm trying to find players to do. Okay. I'm going up against Mike Thurman, who's the scout with the Yankees. That's, that's pitching the big leagues. Larry Cassian with the Giants pitching the big leagues. Uh, Justin Bachman with the Padres played in the big leagues. Like these are guys that I've looked up to, you know, and, and now I got to go, compete against those guys and, and it's no different as a player right we've all especially a player that I kind of was which was I had to work harder than the guy next to me right so that that that's same type of fire and getting the responsibility just to go you know go work hard okay figure out the bumps along the road and, and learn from those okay because they're gonna happen um and, and uh I guess evaluate it and, and make sure it doesn't happen again I mean, I think that's, that's kind of the bottom line and given the responsibility of, of an area scout, it, it extends much more than just hopping in the car and, and heading to the yard, any yard, right? Try to be at the right game. Right? <laughs> There's a difference there. What, what game are you at? Right. Um, are you at the right game? So I, I think there's, there's definitely a lot with, as, as someone being thrown to, into a fire and, and being able to fail um, but at the end of the day, learning from, uh, obviously those, those, those mistakes along the way. So talk us a little bit about the, uh, you know, the Pacific Northwest. We talk a lot about the coaches that have come from here right now, and, and it's, it's a big push and, but talk about the talent on the field. Uh, what makes some of the players from our area unique to what you see throughout your daily job? Yeah, I, I can't speak to, uh, you know, the nuts and bolts of this really, because I haven't had the pleasure of scouting necessarily another area. Um, but I obviously see teams coming in here, um, you know, and, and play, but I, you know, I, I'm always going to hang my hat on, you know, some of the weather and some of the experience that, you know, guys have to kind of fight through to, to kind of get up to game speed uh, out here in the Northwest. But, you know, the thing that I've always appreciated about North guy, Northwest guys or something that I've taken with is, is they understand development in the off season. And I think that's something that um, is sometimes a tough transition for kids that maybe get into a pro ball setting or, um, you know, their, their freshman year of, of, of college 
and they find out that their work in the weight room and their work in the cages is, you know, incredibly important to their development. And I think that being a Northwest guy, you understand that already because you're raising a batting cage, you're raising an indoor facility that, that you're taking ground balls off of, you know how to work in limited space, but you also understand that this is development season, right? It's development time and you can find ways to compete in that development season, right? And I think Northwest guys do have a, be a slightly, um, you know, I, maybe you want to call it an advantage in that regard and, and just in terms of their diligence in, in the off season. So, um, you know, what, there's also the other side of that, which maybe we lack on the field, right. In, in terms of games played and, and pitches seen from 60 feet, six, and, you know, all those other things, base running. Um, but I, I definitely do think that the advantage of the off season is something that a lot of Northwest guys take advantage of. Hey, Banner fans, this is Glenn Walker from Auburn Mountain View, and you are listening to the Pacific Northwest Fungo Banner Podcast. Go Lions! So we're going to roll into our seventh inning stretch portion of this podcast. And, you know, the coaching network is a brotherhood, and especially in the Pacific Northwest. But how important is your network of area coaches and staying on top of finding the best talent in, the, in your region? Yeah, I mean, coaches are the ones that kind of drive the bus for me. I mean, they're they're definitely the the ones that give, um, you know, they're the ones that put me at the right game. They're the ones that um, I, I try to rely on and, 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 you know, try to develop relationships, communicate with those guys on a weekly or, um, you know, sometimes daily basis, depending on what, who, who or what the prospect is. So um, yeah, incredibly important. I, I can't stress that enough. I, I think I consider a lot of, you know, some of the coaches within the area cause I grew up in it. Um, more friends than, than maybe, uh, I guess, colleagues or, right. Or, or someone that I'm have a business relationship with, but it's also important to separate that too, right. They have an agenda. I have an agenda. So, um, that's, that's been somewhat of a challenge, but there's no question that, um, you know, having the, having the network of coaches, um, is, is it's, it's instrumental to, to my position. We'll talk about a little bit just off that. Um, you know, we have a lot of listeners that are coaches on this thing. And, and you and I talked on the phone the other day about just what coaches can do to, to help their players. If, if they know that a scout's going to be at a game, maybe someone's watching them and, and might not always be the, the fact that someone knows that you're there. Um, but maybe how can, a, how can a coach maybe showcase a guy if he is there or, or communicate properly with you um, to make sure that you're going to get exactly what you want to see out of a given day when you're at a game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and it's, I mean, of course I have my, my little things that I'd like to see coaches, you know, um, kind of have each and every time I go out and evaluate one of their players, but that's not realistic. That's, that's, that's something that's, uh, you know, I wish I could, um, you know, give each program a, a, Hey, this is what I want to see. This is exactly what a script, but it's, I know that's not realistic, but I think, you know, definitely um, I'll start with any Audi. I think any Audi can, you know, really serve a purpose for a scout and figuring out some of the, the defensive grades uh, in case the player doesn't get a ball that day. You know, I've in my short time scouting guys, I, I've had the opportunity to scout a few high school 
outfielders that are kind of high profile guys and not a lot of action for those guys in high school baseball at some of the programs um, that they play against. So I think having a sound infield outfield that accommodates, you know, um, long throws, short throws, fly balls, ground balls, balls to the left, balls to the right, um, you know, that kind of paint the picture of some of the athleticism and arm strength and, and you know, uh, defensive skill set that, that we can accurately evaluate. Because at the end of the day, uh, that might be the only look we get uh, at that player. So um, what was another one? Um, I guess kind of being aware, maybe if you have like a pitching prospect, this is something that I've always kind of, um, you know, if you're a high school coach, I'm not talking to a college coach here. I'm talking to a high school coach. And that's, you know, setting your, you know, most of the time scouts are probably at a Pac-12 game on a Friday night. Uh, and if you do happen to play on Fridays, maybe not throwing the prospect on the Friday. I, I think that might give that player the best chance. Um, again, that is, I, I know it's all circumstantial over who you're playing and I'm not trying to set a rotation, but I'm just saying if, if there is an opportunity to maybe throw your prospect earlier in the week, that might, um, that might give you a nice opportunity to, uh, to get that guy seen. What would you say are some of the red flags that you see in an individual player that you're coming in to, to watch as a possible prospect for you on the field? Yeah, um, just in terms of their makeup. Well, I mean, you want, <laughs> it's no different from what I'm seeing from what you guys would want to be played, right? You don't want anybody right. going to disrespect the game in any sort of fashion. But um, outside of that, I, you know, I'm, I, I try to look at uh, kind of a player's court awareness. You know, are, do they have feel for teammates, umpires, uh, coaches, their teammates, um, failure, success? Like, what is their uh, persona that, that they play with, right? And, and I think for me, just because um, just the way I kind of view individuals in our game, I, I can sometimes sniff out some of the fake which um, I think we all probably can in, in some way or another. So that's something that I'm always kind of diving into is, is, is this guy the real guy that um, maybe he, he portrays himself as. Um, so that's, that's, you know, being true to yourself, being, being confident, but doing it maybe the right way. Again, it's, it's probably no, no secret recipe that, that you guys haven't uh, evaluated a player's makeup on as well. Well, I think it's I'll awesome hearing it straight I'll from the, it's hearing it straight from, you know, a pro scout's mouth because, you know, we can tell the kids that we're blue in our face. This is what you're going to do. And this is what you do this stuff. They're going to leave, man. They ain't going to stick around to watch you. But then to actually hear it, I, I hope there's a lot of baseball players listening, knowing that it's more than just your, there's more than just your ability. You got to be able to be a dude in all aspects of the game. Yeah. Because that guys, you know, as scouts, we, we got to fight for players. And listen, if there are players on here, there's a lot of players out there. Okay. There are a lot of players. So, so, you know, take, you know, I'm not saying that you're not special, but you're not like, there's a lot of guys. So some of those smaller details might make, um, you know, a, a scout or a coach want to play you more. Well, I mean, what's, why, why would that hurt you? You know, I, that, that's not going to hurt you. So, so, so some of those things are focusing on, 
you know, kind of your, your ballpark etiquette and such um, is truly important to maybe what separates you from the other guy. Because there is a column in my reports called makeup, right? And that's something that I have to fill out on. And, and someone that, um, as we kind of enter this, you know, data revolution, that's still one thing that we're trying to figure out of how to, you know, objectify and, and something that we're having hard times quantifying, right? So that is somewhat more of my opinion of how I perceive you play and how you respond. So um, again, I, I think uh, some of the more um, things that have been public have been maybe on social media, you know, make sure you're, you're clean on that front because everyone can get, gets to view it. Um, but, but again, it, it's going to search more. My evaluation of you um, is going to extend to your high school counselor, to your high school math teacher, to your little league coach, to, you know, maybe an aunt or uncle or, or, you know, like it, it gets pretty in depth when, when it comes to uh, the makeup of a player. Um, it, it goes well beyond just the field. So one of the things you said there, you know, the social media side of things, those are things you guys are looking at also. Oh, 100%. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's departments in major league baseball for major league baseball teams that have, hmm. um, you know, someone in particular that goes on there and, and screens, you know, prospects like mm-hmm. so keeps a real tab on what those guys are saying on social media. Um, yeah, it's been a black eye for some guys, and, and it draws some concern. Yeah, we're going to give you $5 million, but you just said something horrible, right? <laughs> or whatever. Like, you know, we're all looking for good employees, and that's part of being a good employee. Um, so that's that, that's how the player needs to act is in good faith and as a good employee. Yeah, I think baseball is a little bit different in that, that realm, too, and – and we've seen it with some stuff in the last few years of, you know, guys getting into trouble in football and, you know, it's a big deal, but then it ends up being a pass. But stuff like this happens in baseball for, for whatever reason or not, but maybe it's just the amount of money and the investment that it is put into some of those top draft pick guys. But a lot of times if there's any red flags from an individual, um, those guys are, are missing out on opportunities and, and it's really a lot more apparent in our sport, whether that's a, a more of a pure game, the teams don't want to take a risk or have that black eye. Um, it's, it's really the thing that separates baseball from, from a lot of other professional sport right now. Yep. Yep. I, I couldn't agree more. I absolutely. You know, coach, I was going to add to that, you know, it's so good to hear you say that because especially on the high school side of things we talk about the details of coming on and off the field you know and and saying that the guys that are coming in looking at a high prospect player you know and you're watching that you know and that comes to the point of you know a, a player who walks up to mom and dad and drops his bag and walks off you know and it's just like hey it's your responsibility to take care of your gear I mean we get guys and we see a lot more on the high school thing side of things. Well, mom didn't watch Jersey or uh, I don't know what my mom did. With it. Well, Hey, you got to learn somehow. You're going to have to, there's a point of growing up, you know? And so, you know, cause I, I think that kind of the makeup of, of the society is, is that, Oh, mom and dad or somebody else will do it for me. And so I don't need to worry about it. You know, it's all good, you know? So no, that's a, that's a good thing. So. Talk about makeup uh, as far as the athletic side of things. 
you know, and, and what we've talked about a little bit on the phone is, is that raw physicality is obviously the number one trait that you're always looking for. The big fastball, the bat speed, the power, um, kind of, kind of all those things, but maybe what are the little things that you look at? Maybe just talk about hitting right now. Um, as a hitter, you know, what are kind of some traits, some specific things, whether that's um, plate discipline or, or maybe some of that awareness stuff, you know, what are some things that kind of a stand out for me and that feel factor um, from a hitter? Yeah, I think that's, I think you hit on, especially the plate discipline, but yeah, definitely the measurables are something that we're you know, trying to identify first because those are the things that kind of make you survive in pro ball, strength, physicality, speed, bat speed, those types of things can, can keep you alive, but the, the uh, becoming a little bit more precise with the way you operate in terms of your approach, uh, what, you know, swing decision. I think that's one of the biggest things that um, I like to go evaluate players at, right? Like if you know that this guy's got a stigma to hit, okay, well, let's go figure out exactly um, what he can or cannot hit, right? And I think that's incredibly important. And also something that I take away a lot of, um, and I've had the, the pleasure of speaking with some, I guess, colleagues on the circuit with, you know, guys like Joe Ross. I mean, that guy's tremendous, you know, um, experience with, with, with evaluating hitters and teaching it. And I've picked Joe's brain before, before. And, um, you know, what, what do guys do when they don't swing, right? Like, what do their takes look like? What's the head look like? What do their feet do? That's something that I've, um, you know, really tried to, kind of incorporate in my scouting outside of, I don't want to call it advanced scouting because it's not, you're painting the whole picture of the player, but it's definitely something that you might, it might not be as blaring as, uh, or glaring as um, the bat speed or, or, you know, the, the, the numbers at the end of the year. So um, from the hitter's perspective, something that my eyes always go to is the feet. For some reason, I, I, I love, you know, that's, just kind of where it goes. I think the feet have tremendous impact on the heart rate. And I think you need heart rate to hit. Um, I think you got to have, um, you know, some sort of cool, calm and collective feel to, to, to swing in the pole. So um, that's, that's definitely something where my eyes tend to go. I think we're always talking about, you know, as coaches, we talk about that balance standpoint and, and really we can feel, no matter if you're eight years old, 18 years old, 28 years old, you know, if you're not in a, a firm position when you're hitting, you're not going to be very successful. I mean, not only from a standard of the uh, quality of contact you're making, but you talk about being able to have plate discipline and it's so much harder to, to have discipline at the plate. If you're not on time and you're not in a good position to hit. I mean, those are the guys that chase, those are the guys that are outside their zone because they are frantic. And I love the comment you make about, kind of connecting the feet to the heart rate. I mean, that's not something I really put two and two together with, but it makes complete sense that if you're under control with your feet, you're probably under control with your heart rate. Um, so, I mean, those are, those are phenomenal things you talked about there. Yeah. Kelly, just giving it all away, man. <laughs> we don't have to compete against you anymore. Maybe I can hire no. you away at some point in time <laughs> in the future. All right. Hey, and, there, and once and, Joey and, Swanson gets a better job, of course. And, and I don't, and again, I, I don't know there's no right there's no maybe science or something that i've necessarily gone in depth with down that rabbit hole of defeating the heart rate but it's something i see i mean it's something that 
I, I've built this Rolodex of players that I've been fortunate to kind of go out and evaluate of, of guys that I think have uh, the hit gene. And, and it typically um, start adding up some of those, um, those characteristics. And my first year guys, I had a, had an unbelievable experience getting to go evaluate the, the boys down at Oregon state. And, you know, there's three first rounders on that, all on that team with a bat in their hand. And, that, and that's an incredible, you know, opportunity for me to get thrown in the fire and say, okay, well, I guess this is what they're supposed to look like. Right. Um, and a lot of those, what those guys did, um, it, it, they had total confidence over their approach and what they swung at and, and how they impacted the, the game offensively. Kind of off this a little bit, Dan. Um, is there is there a sense of like over scouting and things? You know, I, I know in the past, um, one of our local teams here has, has maybe been guilty of that of seeing someone too often. I mean, so do you ever find yourself in a position that if you've seen a guy four, five, six times, you have to kind of step away or maybe maybe not watch because you start to. I know we do it in recruiting too. You start to find flaws rather than really. Uh, appreciating the things that the guy does really, really well. I, yes, it's, to answer your question, it's flat out, yes. I mean, I think it's, you can absolutely overscout a player. Um, the, the thing that I've picked up from definitely some veterans on the circuit is it's so easy to crush players. Stop crushing players. It's easy to do it. it we, we all have our little nitpicky and oh, I don't like this because of that we're here to scout them and we're here to, you know, find traits that become big leaguers. So you better like these guys. You better like what they offer more than what, what you don't. Right. I think it's easy to maybe discuss on maybe what his limitations or maybe his floor, but uh, you better go in liking the guy. Um, and, and to add to that, um, you know, as you build more innings and reps and swings and pitches and um, plays, I, yeah, you build that picture a little bit better, but dang it, it's you better keep it simple at the end of it. Okay, this guy's got above average bat speed. He can run, he can throw. Here's you know the Rolodex of plays that I've seen him make, and something that I continue to go back to that validates why I put this grade on this skill. Um, and, and you know, but there's definitely um, you, you have to keep it simple. You have to at, at, at the end of um, each spring when you go and present your players because, um, yes, you can get bogged down just like my rambling right now, <laughs> bog you down a little bit. Uh, so can if you go see a player over and over and over. I think the one thing we talk about in recruiting too is just wanting to sometimes see results when we go out and see a guy. We want to see him hit a, hit a homer, hit a double, you know, we heard he's 85, we show up and he's 78. Um, talk about some of those things that if you go to see a guy, maybe you see a guy three different times, and you know he's a guy, but he's just not putting the results on the field. So kind of what are some of the, and I guess maybe that's some of the field that's, that makes your profession so unique. Um, and I guess us in recruiting, the, the, the guys that probably do it well are able to pick maybe the things out of a guy that, that he does well without results, but maybe what are specific things you're looking at? If, if a guy goes over four with two punch outs, like, can you still walk away saying that that guy had a productive day in your mindset? Yeah. I mean, 
Yeah, I would say, yes, you can, because you're developing information on the player that you can, you know, portray. You can say, hey, this guy, I have some concerns with this guy's breaking ball, right? Or, or uh, swinging at breaking balls, okay? Let's say you went over two with two punch and had a, had a four-pitch walk the next time. Like, yeah, you, you can maybe take some of those things away, but I, I don't think it's, it's – it's how you present the player, you know, you're, you're, you know, you need to put him back on your schedule to go see him maybe later. Okay. And, and that's why I think it's important to develop, um, you know, don't go see maybe one week of one guy. Okay. Um, you know, as you start sinking your teeth into some players, your schedule is going to start narrowing down to who you want. Okay. But, but I think it's incredibly important. And, you know, my, my organization has been so great in this regard is they allow us to go work in the summers and don't give us, I guess, a ton of pro coverage. I get a few teams, but I don't have maybe the the buffet of teams that um, some other organizations give to their scouts. So I have three, typically three or four teams that I'm able to knock out in about a month. And in between those, I get to go watch the, the high school and, and some of the West coast league play and I'm starting to build the timeline with the player. And I think that's much more my job than the snapshot game look. Again, I can, I can still take away something from the poor performance and, and maybe how did this guy, you know, impact the game still, even with that poor performance, um, uh, you know, um, but it's definitely the timeline that's, that's the discussion of, of presenting players. So, you give us a little up, update on things with the uh, area code tryouts and, and the game and if they're are we still on or are we looking at a different location on things um where are we at with everything yeah uh i wish you guys knew <laughs> uh, I, I don't know yet guys i i haven't been um i haven't been issued any sort of information pertaining to that event okay I hope it goes on. It's an awesome opportunity for these guys and the players of the Northwest to go, you know, showcase their, their talents and abilities against some of the best out there as well. So um, it's a fun event. It's great for scouting. It's great for the families and the players that, 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 that do get the special opportunity to go represent the Northwest um, in that regard and the Kansas city Royals. Um, but uh, I, you know, I, I'm sure we'll hear something pretty soon. That's good. Mm -hmm. Well, Gange, we really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to come join us and, and talk a little baseball during this break, and, and we just really appreciate you coming on. I can't believe it's over already. We can keep going. That went by, that went by too quick. Yeah. Um, yeah, thank you, guys. I appreciate everyone out there. I hope everyone's doing well. Um, yeah, guys, bottom line, the Northwest is in great health with, with baseball out here. Um, happy to be a a small bug on the wall when I get the opportunity to enter some of these parks and hopefully I am coming to a park near you guys. Absolutely. Well, maybe we can get a, a show on the road sometime when you're out, when you're able to get out back and we can do a fungo banter road style. A lot of drive time. Yes. Awesome. Yes. I would, I would absolutely love that. That would be a, yes, I could definitely share some, <laughs> some good driving stories. Um, oh, love it. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, gentlemen, there are, there are some good veteran scouts out here in the Northwest that um, 
could could really uh, take up some of your time with some of these stories. <laughs> oh, we got. We'll put that on the day. It's all about the points, Mr. Gann. Yeah, 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 yep. You got it. Absolutely. Well, we'll be right back with Jason and Kelly in the bullpen to wrap this thing up. All right, we're in the bullpen to wrap this one up. And guys, that was a a really cool insight. You know, not every day you get to talk to a, a pro scout and, and hear the ins and outs of things, and and I'll go first. I, I think that uh, I was really excited to hear the things that we preach on day-to-day basis to our kids, and now if they we have something that's like, hey, this is the word of the mouth, the dude, man. Like, this is – we're not just making this stuff up, you know. Uh, and we've talked a lot about the culture and stuff lately, and I think that's a big way about it. And, and you know, I'm excited to uh, – I'm excited to have him back on. I know we talked about off the air. We're going to have him back in for a little storytelling session and, and, and what a cool job that would be. And, and, you know, it's a lot of exciting things to uh, dive into more with, uh, with Gange here. And when we have him back. Yeah, Eric, I agree, man. Uh, that would be a, a good episode to, to have on, um, uh, you know, it was a good one. It was totally different um, from what we've had guys from the past, from, you know, on a different, perspective of the game, you know, looking on the, the scouting side of it. And I, I think we, you know, it's interesting that a lot of our players, <clears throat> at least for me on the high school side, you know, every kid dreams of being drafted and, and that every dream they should do their best to achieve. But to realize the, the magnitude of how many guys are on a draft board, you know, and how many other people, you're not just talking about your area, but you're talking about in a global sense, you know, you're talking about players down in Venezuela and all over parts of the world, um, East Coast, of, you know, especially in the United States. I don't know how many um, people you got globally, but, you know, you, you got so many people you're competing against. And so, you know, it's uh, it's it's not an easy task. And the thing is, is that you've got to not only bring it to the physical side of the field, but it's also the, the non-physical, you know, how you're carrying yourself off that field. Are you taking your team bag to the car? Are you dropping at your mom and dad's feet? Are you responsible for your jerseys? Um, are you doing, doing your thing, you know, doing your part? And so, you know, and the other aspect too, is, is not trying to overanalyze our players. I sometimes think that we can do that. Um, you know, I have a tendency to do it. You kind of look and look, and then you start breaking down so much of the, of the player that you're not looking at the positive is what he brings to your program and what you're doing there on the field. So it was a good podcast, guys. Uh, solid episode here. Um, loved hearing it. Um, it's, it was important that we all need, um, but I think it would be fantastic if we get them back on on uh, another episode for sure. Yeah, we talk about some of that makeup stuff. Uh, a couple of things I want to hit on here, but I think what we can't get away from is, is creating robots and players, right? We want guys to have emotion when they play um we talk a lot about keeping things just for us like you can celebrate you can have fun i don't want to say showboat but show emotion uh towards your team and there's a way to do that without showing up an opponent um and and those are some things that are really important because we want guys to play with passion i think i think from a professional scout standpoint they want guys to play with passion with emotion um when things are going well and and I don't want to say necessarily there's a fine line there, but I think if you keep things to yourself, to your individual team, 
um, you can be really successful from that standpoint. You know, and, and then the other thing I want to hit on is, is uh, these guys are the best of the best in, in mm-hmm. finding talent, you know, from a recruiting standpoint and, and being down this realm, there's, there's a lot that I miss. And, and there's a lot that, you know, we miss as a school just because our day-to-day is not solely based on finding baseball players. It's a huge part of what we do. You know, talent is going to help you win games. You can't, you can't go to that high tier without a, a high talented player. Um, but to that point, um, we're not able to make phone calls and be on the phone every single day to be free to go to every single high school game to every single event in the summer. You know, we have camps, we have um, administrators and, and, and stuff on campus we have to deal with. So to your point, um, guys, it's if, if you're a top tier player, a professional scout knows who you are because that is 100% their job you know, and they're going to find you, they're going to make it happen for, for whatever happens. But I think at the end of the day, it's, it's all about an experience and, and baseball is going to come to an end at some point in time. And we talk about that all the time at the college level um, and making sure you're prepared for life after that, whether you're Jamie Moore and you're pitching in your mid forties to 50 uh, or you're, you know, going to kick around a couple of years in the minor leagues, you have to be prepared for that life after baseball. Um, so by, by all means do not, um, not have that as a goal for yourself to, to play to that ranks. Cause that's the ultimate goal. Um, but that at the end of the day, you have to keep the other priorities there to make sure that you're prepared for, for something that happens because injuries happen. Um, talent, you know, eventually might pass you up and, and, or your name just doesn't get called. So there's that importance factor of, of knowing that if I have the talent, I'm going to get picked up. But if I don't, you know, you have to be prepared for, for a life um, potentially not playing anymore. And it's a tough reality to, to go through, but I, I know we're all really fortunate to still be around the game and kind of make up for that, um, you know, never missing out on, on having baseball being a part of our lives moving forward. Absolutely. That's good stuff, man. That's very well put. Well, that wraps up another episode of your Pacific Northwest Fungo Banter podcast. We are on Facebook. Check us out, Pacific Northwest Fungo Banter. Check us out on Twitter, at Fungo Banter PNW. Please get on, subscribe, rate, and review. Uh, share this thing with some friends that haven't heard about us yet. Let's get the, the good word of baseball out, especially during this time of shutdown. And, uh, you know, we really appreciate it. we got a couple polls out there. Go out there, get on there, and see if we can get some uh, entries to our potential maybe Fungo golf tournament, fellas. Let's get some regional action going on that. So, All right, well, without further ado, Until next time, take care of one another, stay healthy, and let's get back to baseball.